When people think of Southern California, often it's the image of Santa Monica that comes to mind. Santa Monica is a neighborhood with palm tree-lined streets, wide beaches, and home to the iconic stretch of Pacific Coast Highway. It's usually the first stop for any tourist traveling into Los Angeles. For that reason alone, most of the hospitality in the area are geared towards tourists and offer little appeal to residents living in the neighborhood. That is, until Santa Monica proper opens its doors on Wilshire Boulevard. Today I'm speaking with Brian DeLoe, co-founder and president of Proper Hotels. Brian shares with us how travel opens your mind and prepares you with the best training and tools to survive in business. He also shares with us the importance of cultural programming and community in the hospitality industry. Here we have Brian on the line. So Brian, it's so great to have you on the show today. Where in the world are you right now? I am uh, I'm at home, my new home in, uh, in Santa Barbara. I just moved to Montecito. Yeah. So are you one of those people who fled the city during the pandemic? I mean, I guess I am, although that wasn't exactly the, the plan. It wasn't leaving the city because of the pandemic. We're, my wife is uh, just over seven months pregnant with our, our second kid. And so we always had in our mind, um, you know, when we left our little beach house in Santa Monica, that we wanted to get to a place like Montecito. And so I think it just ended up timing out well that uh, we are quarantining in in a, a place that's a lot more spread out and spacious than than where we were a few months ago. I'm just going to jump straight in. And uh, so tell us a little bit about your role at Proper. Uh, you know, Proper's a, a luxury hotel company. I, I started the company about 10 years ago. My two other partners, Brad Corzin and Alex Samick, we, uh, we've actually all been working together for over 15 years because we first worked together at Viceroy Hotel Group, which is another hotel company. You know, we created Proper because of our shared love of hospitality and and really, you know, a shared obsession with the idea of creating iconic hotels that withstand the test of time. That's really what this is all about for us. It's such an amazing business. You know, through our hotels, we can share, you know, whatever our vision is, you know, our lens of what living well means and, you know, what we think a luxury hotel today should look and feel like. And we get to share that with people who visit us from all over the world and, you know, into uh, the local community too. And so in terms of like my specific role, although we're, we're both really involved in every aspect, I think generally speaking, if you're able to, if you were to divide up responsibilities between Brad and me, Brad gets a lot more into the details of design and service and to some extent operations. Whereas I take lead on scouting out the new locations, you know, bringing in the deals, forming brand partnerships, linking up with food and beverage partners and, I think just generally overseeing the growth and the business strategy. How did you get into the hotel business? Well, going back to high school, I guess, um, that was when I first got into the hotel business. I I got a job uh, in my hometown in Northern California, of San Ramon, California. I got a job as a valet parker in Bellman at the local Marriott Hotel where I grew up. I was probably a two or three year job while I was in high school. I never thought it would be a career. You know, I left and I, I moved to LA, I went to school at USC. And then when I graduated from USC, I spent a year traveling in Latin America. And then I came back and, you know, I had dreams of making it big in real estate. And so I got a job working for a company in, um, in commercial real estate, developing like in downtown LA and Culver City things like that. You know, it was a great job, but after a year of being in Latin America, I just wanted to quit and move back to Latin America. And finally, I, I did. So a few years after starting and 
I moved to Mexico and thought I'd figure out some way to find some real estate projects down there. And the first couple of projects that I worked on ended up being hotels. And so that kind of like got me back into the hotel business. That's that's now 15 years ago or something like that. And um, haven't left it ever since. Even right now during COVID, which is the worst time to be in the hotel business, probably. It's just so difficult, so much pain, so many issues, uh, you know, all our colleagues, all that. It's still just a great business. So I'm happy I'm in it. At the end of the day, you're in the people business. And I feel like in the hospitality industry, more than anywhere else, people are always trying to find ways to support each other. So true. Yeah. You mentioned that you lived in South America. What drew you to this part of the world? It's funny. Every time I meet someone, they tell me and, you know, we we spend an evening together, let's say. They say I must have been Latin in a past life just because I I love everything about the culture. I think it was it's just such an infectious culture. You know, the people are amazing. Like talk about hospitality. I just think the people there are so open, so hospitable. Food's amazing. The wine's great. The Sados and the Malbecs in Argentina and like all the fresh fruits and vegetables. Great people, great food. Like you have me already. But then I think especially <laughs> in my my so I graduated college. I think I had like eight or nine thousand bucks in my my bank account. And I wanted it to last as long as possible, right? And so Latin America at that point, I think still today, you know, for someone on a budget, it's just a great place to get a lot of experience, a lot of bang for your buck. You know, it's just the sense of adventure and discovery. It's just, it's a very different world than North America or or Europe. Versus like the North American structural way of life. Did you ever read uh, The Motorcycle Diaries by Che Guevara? Such a good book. Yep. You basically lived that. Um, I, I tried to, yep. So, um, are there any lessons you learned on the road that contributes to the way you approach your business? For sure. I think everyone probably gains so many lessons from traveling. I've probably learned more about life on my trips than in my many years of schooling and university and everything like that. It's no secret that travel really opens your mind, right? Culturally, creatively, and teaches you so much about yourself. I think what's probably less obvious is how helpful it is in the business world. I really don't think there's a better, more powerful tool to prepare you, particularly to, to be, a, you know, for being an entrepreneur than yeah. going on a long, unplanned trip, you know, to faraway land and seeing what kind of troubles you get into and, and figure out how to solve them. I mean, creative problem solving, I know you've been on a, a lot of travels in your life too. I mean, there's how often is like, even if you have plans, yeah. your, your plans go wrong and you have to figure out you know, just the daily, like, where do I stay tonight? Where do I eat? What do I do? Like, how how do I get in or out of this situation? It's such good skills to learn for business. Yeah. You know, I never actually thought about that, but you're right. I think frequent travel does give you some sort of elasticity to adapt. And that's probably why even through this really difficult time, you sort of already built like this foundation of being able to adapt to different scenarios because like long-term travel, that's what happens is you're always confronting really uncomfortable situations. It's almost like you are constantly pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. And that's sort of where like growth and new ideas happen. Totally. As you're saying that, it reminds me. So this is, it was 2003. This was on my year kind of trip in Latin America and I was sitting in an internet cafe in, in Argentina with, with my good buddy, Mike. And it was, I think it was a few days, it was probably the day before Carnival was starting in Brazil. Yeah. And I was trying to get him to come with me to Carnival. 
and he was, I don't know why, but he was hesitant. And um, he, was, he probably just thought there's no way we could figure out how to get there. And he was on a budget like me. And, he, and I was like, okay, like sitting in the internet cafe, I'm like, if I can somehow find us a cheap flight, will you come with me? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so I was just like searching and, you know, ended up on, you know, Portuguese only website. It was some like discount travel site. Uh, <laughs> and I found us these flights from Buenos Aires to Salvador de Bahia to Rio and then back to Buenos Aires, you know, in, in, in Riais in the Brazilian currency. And uh, I like couldn't believe how cheap it was. And I was like, check this out. If this is real, will you come? And he's like, of course, I'm in. And so we ended up booking these flights, like talk about like problem solving, but then landing in Salvador and the day of carnival with no accommodation. You know, it's like the world's most popular destination for carnival. Got there and had nowhere to stay. And the entire city, of course, was just completely sold out. And we were there for five days. And so we we ended up getting super creative and, and desperate and convinced someone um, who we met just on the street that owned a little like comic book store, like right in the center of town, that he should close his store and rent it out to us for five days. And he agreed. <laughs> and so we each like bought a pillow and I think a mat and not that we ever slept, but like, you know laid out ourselves, you know, in the comic book store in the back. And, you know, time in my life, like, would have been a total disaster without getting creative. You know, those are the type of skills as an entrepreneur that you just, you, you need 10 times a day, you know? Absolutely. So I take it that you're very good at convincing people. <laughs> you, you learn to be when you're desperate, I guess, right? It's a great skill set to have. Yeah. So um, how is proper redefining the hotel industry? I mean, I don't know that we're like completely redefining the entire hotel industry with what we're doing, but I do think we're we're filling a void in the market. We're doing that by creating hotels that are truly special, unique, and hopefully are going to stand the test of time. We really wanted to create hotels that spoke to the you know the new generation of high end travelers. You know, people like like us, right? That yearn not just for elevated service and amenities, but really are looking for, you know, the cultural connection and really memorable stays and experiences. We call that, you know, a looser kind of luxury, you know, versus a traditional luxury hotel. And for us, that means we're combining, you know, the eclectic, luxurious design of, of Kelly Wurstler, you know, who's designed all of the proper hotels. We're combining all that with, you know, all of our carefully curated one-of-a-kind one experiences and all the thoughtful food and beverage partnerships and, you know, the wellness and the amenities and all that. The, the way we're kind of maybe changing, you know, this little bit of the hotel industry is that we're we're creating hotels that are really the perfect fit for travelers that, you know, appreciate the great design and really want everything under one roof. You know, you can come and stay at Santa Monica proper and never leave if you didn't want to. And you, you kind of get the total feel of, you know, the west side of L.A. and, you know, the great food and beverage and the, you know, the fitness and wellness and all the programming and, you know, the, the locals in the, the lobby and on the rooftop, it's kind of all inclusive, um, you know, within our, within, within one property. And I'm so curious about that, actually, because I feel like what proper does really well is it integrates local cultural programming with more high-end design elements for the sort of millennial 
uh, modern traveler. And so did this require a lot of like trend forecasting to predict or are you guys sort of just evolving with the hospitality industry? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think just for us as, as we were, we had a really unique opportunity, you know, leaving a, a company like Viceroy, an existing lifestyle hotel company that had been around for a while and being able to start a new company from scratch 10 years ago. We really got to think about you know what? What is today's luxury traveler? What is today's like lifestyle hotel customer want that's not out there in the marketplace? For us, we really focused in on the fact that there are a few boutique hotels out there or lifestyle brands that were really focusing on community and programming, but they weren't you know luxury hotels. They were you know call it maybe three or four star hotels. And so we said, well, what if we can offer that same kind of richness in all the cultural programming and really in you know art and music and wellness and culinary like all the all the things we bring in but combine that with you know a luxury hotel experience and so we set out to do that you know as you know our our collaborators and our partners within our company and, and outside our company are such a huge part of the success of our hotels and so we we select them carefully we we want to find people that we're really inspired by. And um, we want them to be as passionate as we are about the things we're doing. And we decided from very early on in our company that you know, one of our very first hires and, and you know, some of the most important people at our company right now are people that work within our programming and experiences team that really have their finger on the pulse of you know, what's going on locally within, their, within you know, wherever our hotels are. And have a, you know, not just are able to connect with talented people, but, you know, talented people that fit our brand ethos. Yeah. And just, I, th I think all of us, all the, the leaders at Proper, this is something that we really care about as well. And, you know, we've, we've been able to bring in a lot of friends that we've met through the years and spend time with, you know, to, to help with the programming. And so it's all just really rewarding beyond just the creation of a hotel physically to be able to continue to keep it activated. And I think that's, uh, to your point, one of the interesting things about modern boutique hotels is that is that they become sort of like a context cultural space. And prior to Santa Monica proper opening, I feel like most of the hospitality in the area was really geared towards out-of-state tourism. And as soon as Santa Monica proper opened up, everyone was driving lengths, you know, of traffic from the east side to experience the lobby. And that was probably, I feel like, a real testament to how much you guys put into creating a space for Angelinos to enjoy. Thanks. I mean, that's the ultimate in terms of a rewarding compliment. So, I mean, for us, uh, success, I, I always say this to you know everyone within our company, like our hotels, I consider it a success if our hotels are, you know, the hotel that locals within the city tell their friends about and say is the best hotel in my city. And so, especially given LA traffic to, to, to drive across the 405 <laughs> to experience our lobby, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. So thanks. So how do you discover local talent when you're building out all of these different properties? Well, you know, we have a team that I mentioned. So we have a programming and experiences team. Brad and I, you know, spend a lot of time with the team on the front end, just making sure that without talking specifically about who, just the types of programming that we're thinking about going after, you know, we kind of map out in terms of the cadence and, you know, the, the, the level, you know, sophistication and all those sorts of things. And then, you know, it's a combination of just people we meet or people that are 
programming team meets or people that reach out to us, we're able to really kind of put it together in a way that I think it's really resonated with locals and and is great for our hotel guests too. I mean, it's you all you know on on all these travels when you visit a new city, unless you you know a local there, it's hard to get really plugged in with the best of a city. And so, if we can have travelers come you know and stay with us in Austin or Santa Monica or San Francisco or wherever we we do hotels in the future, and really get the the kind of best of in terms of cultural programming, even without leaving the hotel, I mean, it's such a wonderful thing to offer to people. And I heard in one of your previous interviews that you actually moved to Austin to get to know the city and learn more about the city when you guys were developing that property. Yeah, so I didn't actually move to Austin. When we when we opened San Francisco, I moved up to San Francisco. I actually moved into the building, which was at best a one-star hotel at the time. But, you know, th- that was the first proper hotel. And, you know, nailing it on, you know, local was so important. So with that hotel, I moved up into the building for a year. Um, we did a bunch of pop-ups, you know, in the in the retail spaces on the ground floor, and I was able to really meet a lot of the kind of movers and shakers and hospitality in town, you know, all variety of things. And so that was great. In Austin, I was just spending a lot of time there socially, you know, back and forth for you know all the music stuff. Loved the city, made a lot of great friends there. As we ended up buying the piece of land and starting construction on the hotel there, our food and beverage partner uh, for that hotel is uh, Larry McGuire, McGuire Mormon Hospitality. And so Larry had been a friend already for you know, a couple of years. And so it was just great to, you know, and he's born and raised in Austin and just has his finger on the pulse of Austin better, better than we ever could, you know, you know, no many, no, no matter how many years we lived there. And so it was great to have him, you know, as a key part of the team as we were setting out to create Austin proper. What factors are you looking at when you're scoping out a new city for a hotel development? Uh, another good question. You know, scouting out new locations for our hotels is definitely one of my favorite parts of the job. You know, going back to my travels, it's something that I always loved about, you know, you go to a city and or a resort area or a village, whatever it is, for 24 hours or 72 hours, whatever it is. And, you know, as a traveler, you want to really like make the best out of your experience when you're you're in a spot, right? So it's like you figure out a way through research and talking to people and just feel to find, you know, the best and most interesting, vibrant parts of wherever you're visiting. And it's it's not so different uh, in the in the hotel business as you're kind of like scouting out a new site. It's about, you know, maybe you're looking for things that are a little bit different, but you're really just trying to like get a feel for the specific neighborhood as, as quickly as you as you can. And 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 it really ends up being a, a gut decision about whether a place feels right. But in terms of urban settings, I think proper hotels um, and Hotel June, you know, hotels as well. There, you know, there fits in locations where there's all, already a big creative energy. You know, with people that are working in creative fields there, or who live there, or who eat and drink there. You know, some combination of those. Um, we we want to feel that energy and then be able to add to that by bringing a hotel like ours. You know, a hotel for this new luxury traveler within a, a neighborhood that all already feels vibrant. And then we haven't done it yet with proper, you know, in terms of doing a non-urban setting, but it's something that we're really excited about and that we're we're starting to look at. And then I think the space is probably just as wide open for us as is in the urban market. You know, even just in California, it feels like there could be proper outposts in a lot of a lot of other places outside, you know, San Francisco or LA, you know, from 
desert to the mountains to the beach and kind of expanding upon that. I think it's really cool, too, that you guys opened up proper in San Francisco because I used to travel to San Francisco a lot. And it did feel like there was this huge disconnect between what was in the city in terms of creative output, but what was available in terms of like hospitality and spaces where you could really feel that energy. And I really do feel like proper San Francisco hit the nail in the head by being the go-to place for people who are a bit more design-driven or want something that's a little bit more creative. Yeah, totally agree. So much creative talent in the San Francisco Bay Area, like as much as anywhere in the world. Um, but we just felt like there was no hotel at all that was catering to, to that audience on the higher end. What other cities are you guys currently building new proper properties at? So we are... Uh, we're a few months away from opening a proper hotel in downtown LA. So we have downtown LA proper opening this fall. And then we're starting construction, probably going to be pushed to, to next early next year, given COVID. But we're starting construction on a, a hotel in the Pearl District of Portland, Oregon next year. Um, so that'll be Portland proper. We're working on a few other deals as well, um, but nothing that signed up or that I can announce at this point. But in, I think, some of the, the obvious places that you know, you'd think about proper going next, East Coast and West Coast, and starting to look at some international things also. Do you guys still run Avalon in Palm Springs? We do, yeah. So in addition to uh, the proper hotels, we have the Avalon in Beverly Hills. Have you ever been there? I've only been to the one in Palm Springs, actually, on a, on a press trip. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we have the Avalon in Beverly Hills, which has been around since... Um, the early 90s is actually the first hotel that my partner Brad did. And then when uh, when we started our new company proper, we ended up converting the, the Viceroy in Palm Springs to the Avalon Palm Springs. I think that conversion was five or six years ago. And so we have those two Avalons. And then we just launched uh, Hotel June as well, which is our, it's like the little sister to proper. Uh, although the, the first Hotel June is a big hotel. It's just terms of price point and accessibility it's it's you know a lifestyle hotel that speaks to a bit wider of an audience so can you tell me what you would describe as a lifestyle hotel versus a boutique hotel uh, such uh, such a confusing question right it's like people use them the terms so interchangeably but I think of like I think our Avalon hotels are boutique hotels they're really the quintessential boutique hotel they're smaller under 100 keys under you know under 100 guest rooms you know much more of an intimate feel to them lifestyle hotels still have i think kind of the the funkiness and the independent feel of a boutique hotel but they're they're larger and they are they offer i think a lot more under you know one roof our typical hotel june or proper hotels are a couple hundred hotel guest rooms and instead of you know one restaurant you know in a pool let's say we have multiple food and beverage outlets and, you know, spa sometimes and meeting space and, you know, all the, the real focus on programming at lifestyle hotels. So I think that's the big difference between boutique and lifestyle, at least for us. Got it. So let's talk about the pandemic. Obviously, travel has been really severed in this whole situation. Um, how have you guys been coping with adapting to the the crisis? It's been tough. Definitely the the most challenging three or four months of my of my career, like without question. You know, we went from early March. Uh, we just opened Austin proper. You haven't been out there yet, right? No, not yet. Um, can't wait for you to go check it out. It's incredible. 
and so we just opened Austin proper. We were approaching you know a year of Santa Monica proper being open. We're a few months away from downtown LA proper being open. All our hotels were just you know performing so well, and you know we had a great team, and yeah, you know, just every everything seemed to be going perfectly. And then the pandemic hit, and within you know a few weeks or a month, we went uh, you know from that condition to having to furlough. I think a thousand people or close to that. And, you know, so vast majority of our team couldn't continue working. In most cases, local jurisdictions actually shut down our hotels. So whether we wanted to keep them open or not, you know, they were shut down, demand gone. Such a stressful time and such a just rough period in the hospitality business for everyone. And just, you know, as a leader within an organization, just so much pressure and you know just the weight of knowing how the situation impacts so many people within our organization was really rough you know we stayed shut down depending on the hotel for a month or two or more um, at this point we have all of our hotels reopened but it's still super rocky you know we haven't been able to hire you know close to everyone back occupancy levels were 80 or 90 percent or more you know in all our hotels you know are now depending on the day and the week you know more like 10 or 20 or 30 percent and, uh, you know, all the new rules and regulations and they're, they're moving and changing every day in our business. It's all about, you know, trying to prepare and forecast appropriately and all those things. And it, you just have to, it's just not possible. You can barely kind of forecast what's going to happen the next day, let alone, you know, the next month. It's been, it's been challenging, you know, coming out of this, never let a, a situation like this go to waste. And so I think we're getting smarter, we're innovating in the ways we can. Um, and I think the one thing from the very get-go, you know, as we reopened our, our first hotel, what was so important to us was to stay true to what our ethos is at Proper and stick to what we believe in as an organization. And so as we've reopened, even though things feel different and everyone's wearing a mask and you're getting temperature checks when you walk in, I think you get that special experience and, you know, and that beautiful experience of, of you know, eating or drinking or staying in a proper hotel. And so we'll stick to that to the very end. And we are just, you know, looking forward to a vaccine or, or a treatment to come soon, because I think the whole hospitality industry is going to be hurting in, until that happens. I do find it interesting, though, that people's desire for travel has not at all been reduced by the pandemic. I feel like it's almost enlarged it. I think everyone is just waiting until it's safe to. Because even when I visited the proper a few weeks ago, when you guys reopened, I received dozens of messages from people all over the world who were telling me that they were upset that they had to cancel their reservation because of the border situation. And it seems like people are just really eager to to be able to fly safely again. So I think 100%. that is one silver lining is like as soon as things are safe again, people are eager to to travel and visit these beautiful properties and be in like convivial environments. I completely agree. I, I think, you know, if you talk to some industry experts, you know, within the hospitality space, they think it's going to be a really long you know, road to recovery. And I think for some segments of our business, that's true, right? I think that corporate traveler isn't going to come immediately back, you know, as quickly as, as leisure and, you know, big group conventions may take some time, but 
I really do think, you know, hopefully we get this vaccine or treatment soon. And I think as soon as that happens, the floodgates are really going to open up of people that have been, you know, holding back and find in their homes, traveling locally, but, you know, not jumping on a plane. I think the hotels and the places to stay that people really love and that really resonate with people, I think are going to bounce back really quick. Has COVID shifted any strategy in the way you, you approach hospitality? In the short term, it's 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 shifted a lot of our strategies, but I think in the long term, it, it really, I don't see any massive change to our business. I really don't. I think um, the direction we've headed, you know, we've taken in hospitality where it's so experience-based, I think it's the, the right direction for the future. And I think providing opportunities for locals and travelers to have these amazing experiences is what people are forever going to be looking for. And so we're going to we're going to stick to what we do. What would you say are the biggest changes in the hospitality industry in the last 10 years? So, I mean, there's been a tremendous amount of change in the business overall, but in terms of our specific space, right? So like the luxury lifestyle space. I think the big difference is just that the bar has been risen so much from back when we were creating and operating Viceroy Hotels 10 or 15 years ago, I'd say. Back then, you know, you could create a successful boutique hotel, lifestyle hotel, simply by just offering a unique design and, you know, a great bar, you know, great nightlife venue. Service really didn't matter that much. <laughs> Having any kind of serious F and B didn't matter. There was really there was no programming. There were was no kind of focus on wellness. There was no continued effort to focus on being connected culturally to the neighborhood. And these days, you know, that just wouldn't cut it. Just have a, a design hotel that's just relies on the design. You know, that doesn't work. Guests are looking for everything. I mean, guests are so much more sophisticated now, and I love that because it pushes us to be at the top of our game and you know constantly innovating and making sure. The guest experience with proper is one that you can't get anywhere else. So yeah, I'd say that's the big, big change for our hotels to be successful. It's not just design. It needs to, you know, our hotels need to be that social hub and, you know, platform for our guests to have extraordinary experiences. So the first hotel you developed 15 years ago, would you use that as a portfolio piece now? Yeah, I mean, I just think if for us, it was a really cool thing to get a, in Santa Monica be able to, you know, which until three weeks ago was my my hometown, to be able to create the next version of a lifestyle hotel and really the first luxury lifestyle hotel in, in Santa Monica it was, I think, a great way to show how much the industry's changed, let's say, over the last 10 or 15 years. What is one thing you'd like to see more of in the hospitality industry? Occupied rooms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think the hospitality business is in, uh, you know, was in a, a, a great place. As a consumer, I think that there's real opportunity, and we talked about this a little bit, but I think there's a big void of resort spots. I wouldn't even call it resort, but just non-urban hotels that have the same ethos of what, of what we're doing, but that are actually large scale like what we do. I think there's a lot of really talented people doing amazing, you know, smaller scale uh, hotels in all kinds of places all over the U.S. right now. There's a real renaissance of that. And, I, and you know, those are the places I love to stay when I'm when I'm traveling, you know, domestically in a place like that. But I think the reason I like staying there almost exclusively these days is that there's not a hotel like proper, you know, the scale of a proper hotel in, in a lot of these these markets. And so... I'd like to see that uh, change, hopefully through our doing, but also through others in the business. 
What would you say is the most important skill set to have working in hospitality? Well, what I really love about hospitality is that it's, you know, it's a business or it's a career really for people with every skill, right? Because there's a, there's a whole variety of things you can do within hospitality. And so depending on what your interests are, you know, if you're a people person, obviously any kind of like front of the house position, like working the front desk or as a server is VIP concierge. I mean, that's a great fit for people that, you know, like to be interacting with, with new people every day. Um, if you like to cook, you could, you know, work in our kitchen. If, if, if you don't love talking to people every day uh, and you prefer, you know, more of an office job or if you have skills in you know, math or finance, there's accounting, revenue management, you know, if you can put, you can put deals together and acquisitions. If you're a good leader, um, enjoy managing people, you can work your way up towards being a general manager. It really is a business for everyone and it's by no means an easy business. I think none of those jobs are easy and there's, you're always putting in tremendous amount of hours and you know, it's a real commitment you have, but I think I do think it's one of the most rewarding businesses you can be in. What part of your job do you find the most rewarding? As we're opening a new hotel, you know, and you know, we do these big orientations. A year before we open a hotel, you know, we bring on the general manager, um, and then the general manager brings on a you know a couple people on his exec his or her executive team over the couple months after that. And then it's like the two weeks or three weeks before a hotel opens, we're bringing on, you know, depending on the size of the hotel, 100 plus hundreds of people. That orientation is just such a rewarding moment because a lot of my role is it starts on the very front end, seeing a piece of land or you know, seeing a, a building. And then to five, six, seven years later, get to the point of the hotel, you know, being at the point of opening and having the you know, the energy in the room of all these amazing people and sharing the, the initial vision with them and then seeing them take that initial vision and improve upon it and, and you know, make the, the building come alive. I mean, it's just, there's nothing more rewarding than that. That's really beautiful. It really sounds like it's like the community aspect of working in the industry is what you love. For sure, yep. Is there any place you want to travel to once the borders reopen? My God, so many places. Uh, this is easily the longest I've ever gone without jumping on a plane, you know, probably since high school. And so I, <laughs> I really can't wait to get back out there for work reasons and personal reasons. My guess is my first flight is going to be to Austin, where we have our Austin proper hotel. You know, it opened just like literally right before COVID started. I think I was only out there once or twice since it had opened um, before COVID hit. And so I'm super excited to get back out there. It's a great city. The, the Austin Proper Hotel is absolutely incredible. And I'm looking forward to, you know, going out there for a week and spending time with the team and just enjoying the property in the city. In terms of like a faraway land, uh, I'd love to get back to Brazil at some point soon. My wife and I had both lived there for short periods of time and we've never been there together. Maybe after our second daughter's born and maybe when she's a few months old and the world's somewhat back to normal, we'll take a week or two and go out there and go to a spot like Troncoso or Ilha Grande or something like that at some point, February or March or something like that. Maybe um, you can visit your, your old <laughs> hotel stomping ground as well. I'm not sure a comic book store would be the proper accommodation for us. At this point, <laughs> oh, no, I mean, just to tour it. I think it's like a good, you know, like reflection point of seeing how much life has changed, I, if it's I still around. It. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to 
ask you one more question. I know that you're a frequent flyer in your leisure time. What experiences do you gravitate towards in your off-duty hours? You know, like you, travel is one of my very favorite things. My family loves to constantly be on the move. My wife, Jesse, and my daughter, Amelie, I think it's just, it's a given now that on the weekend, you know, we wake up early on a Saturday morning, let's say, we get into the car and we we hit the road, you know, and sometimes we're like getting in the car, we don't even know where, where we're going to drive that day, but we love to explore California, you know, on weekends, whether it's Ojai, Santa Barbara, Encinitas, Joshua Tree, like great spots locally. You know, we try to take at least one large international trip each year, too. Are you more into nature? Are you more into boutique hotels or all-service luxury hotel? Um, I mean, I think in terms of where to go, we tend to gravitate towards places that have great food. (laughs) That's top of mind for everyone in our family. The perfect spot is a place that has a combination of some urban environment to soak in a different culture, but then also has nature and outdoors within a a short drive away. Domestically, we typically stay at, at smaller properties. And I think internationally, we've we've stayed at a whole mix. Brian, thank you so much for sharing your your story and all of your insights. I look forward to visiting Proper in the future. And congratulations on all of the exciting new developments down the pipeline. Thanks. It was really great to catch up with you. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining me today on the show. To find Brian Delo's work, visit properhotels.com or find him on Instagram at at Brian Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode and subscribe to The Art of Travel on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. The Art of Travel is created and hosted by Olivia Lopez, produced by Jason Stewart, with music composed by Slow Shiver. We'll see you then.